Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here. Hey, watch this. Oh, my goodness. I was struggle streaming this morning. Lord have mercy. And that's you. We back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the coach gang. I got money. Oh, my goodness. You know how rough it was to not have my sound effects this morning? Oh, my goodness. Is anybody else just over this hookup culture? Gotta get my bag and run. Oh, man. It's so nice to have that. I was struggling with only eight sound effects. That was tough, and I needed my sound effects this morning. It would have been a better stream if I would have had my sound effects this morning. Anyway, and I had to lower the resolution of the stream because they 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 messing up my whole thing here. I had to lower the resolution to the lowest resolution. I don't even know if that's going to make a difference. Anyway, I got money. What does Joe Biden think about it? Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> You look like a freshman. (laughs) All right, man. Today we're talking about sports. We're talking about freshmen and sophomores at the junior college in the building. Shout out to the nasty boys. Appreciate y'all for being here once again. You guys know how it is. You must have a slow Tuesday. I know how you got it. I I know how you got it in. Anyway, today's show, we're going to talk about the gender pay gap in sports argument that will not go away. Oh, my gosh. My goodness. I mean, it's embarrassing at this particular point that as a people, we cannot come to an agreement. Is that a moth or a fly? There's a fly in the studio. As you guys know, if you're new, I don't know if you guys know that when there's a fly in the building, we're already starting off. Here we go. Uh, I might be able to. I got it. I got it. All right. Karate kid style. All right. So anyway, man, we're talking about the gender pay gap argument that will not go away. Now, here's where we are right now. As of today, the U.S. women's national soccer team just got an agreement. They they redid their collective bargaining agreement. Essentially, what they're going to get is what they say is equal pay. They're going to get equal pay in a situation where they said they weren't getting equal pay. All right, they weren't getting equal pay, but we're going to we're going to research that. We're going to show you that what they're talking about is a bit misleading, but there is a pro side of the argument and a con side of the argument. We're going to talk about that because this argument is not going away and it's getting more ridiculous by the day because now they're saying, "Now let's do the WNBA." We need to get the WNBA players pay gap a little bit better because, you know, when Brittany Griner went to prison over there in Russia for smuggling in a piping device, pause uh, she went to prison, and now she's not being let out. They're saying because of the gender pay gap in the WNBA and the NBA, that's why she's in prison. It would have been a better situation if she was actually paid equal equal to what the NBA players are. <laughs> Come on, my goodness. I'm not happy. <laughs> now, you guys know I'm not into socialism or anything like that. I'm into fairness. I'm into fairness. Actually, I'm not even into fairness. Life ain't fair. But if we're here going to have a serious conversation about WNBA and NBA players being equally paid, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, this is going off the rails. This is going way super duper off the rails. So anyway, man, that's what we're going to talk about today. Appreciate y'all. We do have a, I think um, they, we do have a simulcast here. We're over on Facebook. We're over on YouTube. 
we're also over on um the new youtube channel as well all right so we're on this one um and this one will be uh, one of those uh broadcasts where it's it's very much in informational a lot of you guys don't realize that this is going on in our world all right you might not even know but there are people that want very much equal hold on for a second they want equal pay between nba players and wnba players not and it's not just women arguing this it is not just women arguing this you have men arguing for equal pay for wnba players Um, we're going to break this argument down with a little bit of facts as if it matters. It doesn't even matter. The facts of this one don't even matter, right? Because this, this is only a feelings argument. But if you do something as stupid as paying them equal, all right, because we're going to break down what the difference between their game is and our uh, the men's game, the women's game versus the men's game. And we're going to look at women's soccer and men's soccer. We're going to look at the falsehood that was spread about them not being paid equal. You're going to hear arguments about the women's soccer team had more revenue than the men. We're going to find out where they got that information from because it is true and it is also misleading. It's also lying by omission. We're going to talk about that, which is a tactic that people do. I admit they have a period of time where they out earn the men. But we're going to break it down because you're going to see how they use the data to skew the argument. All right. To get everybody on the emotional side. By the way, this case was thrown out of court. Because it was revealed, it was revealed that during this period of time, based on the argument that they presented, the women got paid more than the U.S. men's soccer team. All right, at one particular point, on the breakdown, once you broke it down, they actually got more money, and we're going to tell you why they got more money. All right, and we're probably going to tell you why they made a dumb deal with this collective bargaining agreement. Uh, they might have made a dumb deal. We'll we'll show you this. Where are we at here? Warhammer's in the building. Hey, who we got a whole bunch of brothers in here that came came in here. Pause. Uh, let me make sure um I got it. Joan, we're gonna call you Joan W is in the building. I believe this is a female. Shout out to you. I loved today's message. Thank you. I think it is a female. Shout out to you. And uh, you know what time it is, Joan. Yeah, you know what, Joan hit us with the co-sponsorship too. So thank you very much, Joan. And it looks like you hit me at the end of the show. So it was a little bit late, but appreciate you, Joan. And uh, Joan, you sound like you got some potentially some pretty feet here, but uh, they may be some older pretty feet based on the name Joan. All right. I don't know any young chicks, no young Johns named Joan. So uh, if you do have feet pictures, make sure they don't look like this when you send them. It's all right now, Al. Let mama make it all better. All right. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm getting some old lady vibes, Joan, but it's all good. I appreciate you for watching. I don't discriminate. You know, it is what it is. She gets, she's in the co-sponsorship, so no feet pictures. You're off the hook. You're off the hook, Joan. Appreciate you. All right, shout out to Ocam for the great show today. He says, great show, coach. And that was right at the end of the end of the show yesterday. I'm sorry, this morning. Warhammer says, YouTube said, I'm not happy. <laughs> and I need a wrench over there on the new channel, the Notorious CGA channel that we're trying to build up and start all over. Who else sent this in here? Uh, we're going to call you Naj. He says, just bought the free agent lifestyle. Can I get a Kaylee? Appreciate you for buying the book, The Free Agent Lifestyle, for you brothers that don't read. All right. You can get it on Audible as well. I am the author of The Free Agent Lifestyle. 
and de-evolution. The links are in the description box below. I'm Amazon famous. Hi, my name is Haley. I'm a blonde. I have no tips. I make boys fall in love with me. They always throwing fits. I like being single. No, I've never been cuffed. These boys want our relationship, but I'm just trying to. Ooh, man, you dirty, dirty, dirty girl, man. Let me see the bottom of them feet. All right, let me see the bottom of them feet. You know they black. <laughs> she out there with that Mountain Dew hitting it. All right. Oh man, we did have a uh, we we did have a potentially a good uh, hit it or quit it. Maybe I'll catch up with KT King. KT King says, um, "I have noticed that there are women who are quick to proclaim God is a woman, but I will never. They will never say Satan or the devil is a woman. Have you observed this as well? Like Arsenio Hall said, things that make you go." Hmm. I I find this gender argument on anything because you make anything a gender argument and and it is goofy. I mean, you start going down, they start taking everything down and tearing everything down. I think it's absolutely goofy. Now, with that being said, we knew at certain points in history where men were the dominant, so everything's going to skew that way and now they're trying to overcorrect and God's a woman. Oh my god. I mean, why do we have to do we even have to do that? Obviously, all the good things you're going to take from it and cherry pick and all the bad things you're going to send it away. KT King also says the women want WNBA and NBA players to make the same amount of money. But I've yet to see women wear uh, regularly wear WNBA gear in public or sold out WNBA games, hit them with the prices wrong. So you're saying they don't wear the jersey, the paraphernalia and all of that. I'm going to add to that because as you guys know, I used to coach women's sports. I used to coach women's sports. So I've coached women's sports for a long time. All right. And I've trained a lot of athletes and um, trained female athletes in a variety of sports. When I got into strength and conditioning, I trained tennis players, junior national level tennis players, high school, water polo players, soccer players, um, basketball. I've trained a lot. And then I've actually coached women's basketball at the college level. And I actually was close um, right around the end of the 1990s i started coaching so this was right when university of connecticut started to become prominent right rebecca lobo so this was the big height of the change of the guard right where women's basketball and women's sports started to get a push it was 20 some years after title nine and so the effects of title nine was starting to uh, come about so let me just give you a big brief history of what's happening here okay uh so women Women's sports from uh, from from the mid 1970s, Title IX was the education um, um, act that they pushed in. Now they're using it for campus grapes and all of this stuff, but they pushed that in that said women should have equal representation based on um, based on student population, more or less. So this is how uh, women been able to get more opportunities. So if a college campus had 58 percent women students, female students, then the sports should represent that many uh, for females. So the female athletes should represent the female student population. Now, it gives men a disadvantage because if there's less men on your campus, there's going to be less male athletes. The other thing that threw it off was that football was counted when there was no equivalent sport for women. So they would say, hey, the football team has 100 male athletes. So as a result, that takes up their percentage of however many male athletes could be on campus. All right. And so then you would only have three or four other men's sports. Well, then the women would have a no equivalent of the football. So they get to have a hundred female athletes. And then 
add on to the higher percentage of there being female students. It's really a skewed up situation. It was screwed up, but it was pushed through. Um, there was a better way to do it, but y'all signed on it. The simps before signed on it, right? They signed on the dotted line and they made it policy so that men in small non-revenue sports lost opportunities, namely in baseball, Olympic sports, wrestling, swimming, diving, uh, soccer, baseball. Did I say baseball? So a lot of these colleges had to cut these sports so that they can get the female representation numbers up. Then as the years went on, more women went to college and less men. So then the numbers became way skewed. So if you look at a typical college, um, I'm going to try to pull one up as an example. Uh, I'm going to go to a mid-major college. Um, let me see here. I'm going to go San Jose State because I used to coach at San Jose State University. All right, I'm going to use this as an example so you can see what I'm talking about and see if you think it's fair. All right, because this has to do with the argument because this was the first push to get in the argument. Then they changed it up. Now it's equal pay. All right, so always remember, um, whatever they're asking for now, they're gonna up the ante later. They're never gonna be they're never gonna be happy with what you gave them once they get in their foot in the door. Now it becomes a ridiculous request. All right, so let me give you an example. Let's go to San Jose State. This should pan out. So watch this. So um, can you guys see this right here on the screen? You can see this. Shout out to San Jose State University. I was I coached there a couple of years. If I hover over the sports tab, if you look at the women's sports versus the men's sports, this is a prime example of what we're talking about. All right. So there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight men's sports versus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 women's sports. Might be even more because my tab. No, there's 12 women's sports versus eight men's sports. So what's happening is, San Jose State student population is probably 55% female than 45% male. I should have looked this up. San Jose State's uh, student population, student population, female, male. So it looks like it's probably like uh, female versus male. Probably like 55%. The demographics, it says it's 50-50, uh, but it's kind of undefined. All right, so they're saying it's 50-50. This one says 53% women, 47% men. All right, so you see there's a slight advantage. All right, a slight advantage. So um, with that advantage, you're going to see this. Let's go ahead and put it back on the screen. With the advantage, you're going to see this. There's more female athletes than male athletes. And then when you have football in there, it actually does a disservice to the other men's sports because football has like 70 players. But there's no equivalent sport to women. There's no football over here. There's no sport where they have 60 women. So that means they get more sports. They get more sports. You get, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of messed up, isn't it? And there's other things that happen. Like, say, for instance, in Title IX, uh, in Title IX, what happened was if the men's team played in a big arena, this happened to us because we would travel and we would play teams like UNLV. We would play Connecticut. We would play all of these teams. We I played almost at every university, University of Illinois. So what would happen is we take our team, we go to University of Illinois. But according to Title IX, they had to play in the same facility as the men. It had to be equal. Whatever facility they used, it had to be equal. Now, some of us are old enough to remember the PE gym 
where they will say that's the boys gym and that's the girls gym. And then you go over to the girls gym. It was dilapidated, no air conditioning. It was the old gym. Well, you couldn't do that anymore with Title IX. You could not say that's the boys gym and the girls gym. You would have to say that's the big gym and the small gym. <laughs> that's how you would have to say it. That's the big gym and that's the small gym. So the small gym would be the girls gym, but you can't do that anymore. So say, for instance, you played at UNLV and they had an arena of 18,000. Well, the men's team plays in that arena. Well, then the women's team would have to play in there too. They would have to play in there too. You couldn't send them to a little gym. You couldn't be like, nah, because nobody's going to come to the game. You go to the little gym. You'd have to give them the opportunity to play in the big gym. But what would happen is when they would play the game, they would turn on the lights. There would be more people working the game than spectators. So we played UNLV one day. There had to be 18 people in Thomas and Mack. I mean, there were literally, I mean, Thomas and Mack is a huge ass arena. There had to be 18 people in there watching the game. There was more people selling concessions and popcorn and running the scores table than were fans. And many of those fans probably never bought a ticket. This is how ridiculous it got. Now some of these universities figured it out and they made a smaller gym, but they call it the women's athletic facilities. They don't, they, they no longer say we prefer, they say we prefer to play in the small gym. So UNLV now has a gym above Thomas and Mac and out to the corner. That's a nice facility, but it's not, that's where the women's basketball team plays. Okay. So this is how ridiculous it got. And everybody, it would cost them more money to run the damn game than it would. <laughs> it would cost them more money to run the game than they brought in in revenue. Right. So the women, they didn't sell no tickets. So they would definitely define women's basketball as a non revenue generating sport. This is what we called it in athletics. We had the revenue generating sports and the non revenue generating sports. It had nothing to do with gender. Yeah. They call it the Cox Pavilion. It had nothing to do with gender. It was like you produce revenue, you don't. Men's basketball and football typically produce revenue. And if you want another bit of information here, how it works is the football team, although they use the numbers against men, what would happen is the football and basketball team would get fed to the Lions. So they would have to play San Jose State. Let's take a look. I'm going to show you. Uh, here it is right here. This is a perfect example. So San Jose State would have to play at Auburn. Let me give you another one. Uh, let me see here. That's what they would have to do, her. Okay, so they have a game at Auburn. So we used to call these games being fed to the Lions. So they would play at Auburn and get crushed. <laughs> right? They get their ass kicked. But what happened was Auburn would pay money to go kick they, to go get your ass kicked. Let's see what they did here. See, here it is again. You, you feed them to the Lions at USC. Look at the game, 30 to 7. You get your ass kicked and you get ran over and you get damn near halfway injured. But you leave with a game check. They pay San Jose State to go get their ass kicked. Now, here's what happens. San Jose State, the football team and the basketball team would play big schools. And then those dollars would cover all the rest of the sports. Why? Because they don't generate money. So San Jose State would play one or two big schools. The basketball team would play probably five big schools. Uh, let's show you here. They play at Stanford, at Texas. Um, right here. Let me see here. These are other, those are, those are the other one. They play two or three big schools and then the big schools would pay them to kick their ass. 
Every now and then a small school would kick their ass. And then um and then the football and the basketball team would cover everybody else's sports. So all the women's sports since they didn't generate money, the football team's ass kicking would pay for all of their travel. They pay for all of their uniforms, all of their facilities, all of that. You can always thank the football team for doing that. And many times the basketball team. Those are the revenue generating sports. And then the football and basketball team are the only teams that would have fans and buy season tickets and all of that stuff. And they would do heavy fundraising. Well, that fundraising will go to pay for everybody, all the women's sports over here. All right. So the men will get injured, hurt, crippled. We used to call it feeding them to the Lions. All right. We like, hey, the football team. I remember when I coached at San Jose State, they went and played Florida with Tim Tebow. They play like Nebraska. It was horrible. It was like, damn. So they would start off the season 0-4. And then they would get to conference and they would have to play like five games and try to catch up. But they'd be halfway injured by the time they get their ass dumped twice and three times. <laughs> so they halfway injured. They lost all of their starters trying to play these big schools. But the check would pay for beach, bas- beach volleyball, basketball, cross-country, golf. Right? This is the thing that happened now. Now, it's changed just a little bit. So that's what happened initially with gender equity. It wasn't about getting paid equally. It was just providing an equal opportunity. It was providing an equal opportunity. Now they jumped the shark. Now they've jumped the shark, bro. <laughs> now they're going, look at this. Brittany Griner's detention in Russia tells us about the basketball gender pay gap. See, it's not about equal opportunity anymore. Now it's about equal pay. Now it's about equal pay. They jumped the shark. Now we're going to tell you how ridiculous most of these sports are for asking for equal pay. Because it doesn't make sense. It says right here, uh, basketball star Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia since February when vape cartridges containing hashish oil was allegedly found in her luggage. And here's um, uh, a women's basketball player. She says the reality is she's over there because of a gender issue, pay inequity. She's the head of the WNBA union in an interview Tuesday. She played at Stanford. I can never get her um, her name right. She's a Nigerian uh, woman. I think it's Neke Abumake, something like that. Um, she played at Stanford. And it says right here, the gender pay gap in America is nothing new. In 2020, annual earnings in uh, for women in the U.S. was just 82.3% of what men earned. But in the WNBA, the disparity is especially acute. The average NBA player's base salary this season is $5.4 million. Compare that to the WNBA of $120,000. Hold up. You guys are comparing the NBA and the WNBA. Literally, they are. And it's a ridiculous comparison. Similarly with soccer, but we're going to break this down. We're going to break this down. (laughs) The WNBA is shorter, 36 games versus 82 NBA games. And they're still talking about gender inequity. You're literally light 50 games. You play 50 less games. You play a shorter playoff round. You play a 2-2-1 playoff, meaning the best out of three, the best out of three, and a one-game championship runoff. Whereas the the NBA um, are playing longer games, longer seasons. They're playing during the prime time of the fall. They're doing back-to-back nights. It gets ridiculous, these arguments. Absolutely ridiculous. But the average annual base salary mean 
of the NBA players is 44 times what the average WNBA player makes. They're literally trying to make this case. <laughs> well, here's what you do. You bring in the economics. You say, well, basically, this is a revenue problem. This is a revenue problem. I'm going to show you a quote by Draymond Green that basically is saying, using revenue is an excuse. I mean, we're going off the... <laughs> I don't even know what to say, bro. He says, so this article is basically saying that people who are terrible at their job should make the same as people who are great at their job. Marxism applied to, uh, Marxism applied to jobs. It's, it's basically, I mean, it is Marxism. It is, it's, it's exactly what it is. Because what they're saying is they're doing the same job. Now, I'm going to prove they're not doing the same job. But even if they're doing the same job, if I work at a small company doing the same job, in a bigger company, somebody's doing a bigger job, the same job at a bigger company, they get more money. It's simple. I mean, it's super simple to understand. I work at a smaller company. You work at a bigger company. You get paid more. It's simple. But no, nope, it ain't simple. They're doing the same job as their argument. Let's get to the ridiculousness, okay? Let's get to the more ridiculous. So we're going to go over to women's soccer. Let me see here. Uh, this is Brittany Griner here. They're talking about the Brittany Griner basketball star. Brittany Griner could be brought home uh, in a prison swap with a notorious arms dealer dubbed the merchant of death russian media says and so that's Brittany griner she's six foot eight actually played against her one of my team went out i think at san jose state we played against Brittany griner she's pretty tall tall woman all right uh let's see here says right here does the u.s women's soccer team bring in more revenue but get paid less than the men they examine it they break it they break it down somebody says keep her over there <laughs> The United States women's soccer team here. This is this is a this is where the disingenuous argument comes in. They recently won the Women's World Cup for the four, for the fourth time, but the team's compensation remains the subject of considerable converse, uh, controversy. Chance of equal pay erupted after the team's victory over the Nether Regions during a triumphant victory parade in New York City, in which they won the World Cup. And what they're going to say is, "Hey, we're winning. We're doing better than the men's program." but they're getting paid slightly more, all right? That, that's what the argument is, right? Uh, I mean, they're leaving us considerable amount of information on the table, and this is what I call lies of omission. They're leaving out tremendously amount of information, and there's so much so, hopefully I can cover it all. The women's team sued the U.S. Soccer Federation, its parent organization, in March over gender discrimination. That followed a wage discrimination complaint in 2016 with the Equal Opportunity Commission. Uh, employment commission weeks after the team filed for the lawsuit against the u.s soccer 35 senators called for equitable pay for the team in a letter to the united states soccer federation president carlos cordiero and several democratic 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 presidential candidates have taken up their cause so, uh, senator elizabeth warm tweeted out that the women's team is the number one in the world and they contribute higher revenues for u.s soccer than the men's team there's, that's misleading. She's true, but there's, she's leaving something out here. But they're paid a fraction of what the men earn. This is going to be misleading as well. Uh, women deserve, she, Warren says, women deserve equal pay for equal or better work in offices, factories, and on the soccer field. So um, what's happening is they're using the momentum of winning and the also the men underperforming, which for all intents and purposes, the men haven't done fairly well in the competition but at the same time the men are stinking up on the field 
the women are doing well and they're they're using it as a catalyst. Hey, we're winning and they suck over there and they get just as much money. It's disingenuous, but I understand the angle. For a normal ham and egger, that makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, since you're doing better, you should get more money. No. I mean, there's some things that we're leaving out. And I'm I'm being as fair as possible. Listen, I coach women's sports. I'm being as fair as possible. He says, we want to take a closer look at the issue. We found evidence supporting the team's case. And most of the experts we contacted for this fact check considered Warren's tweet to be well-grounded. But there are other parts of the story that make the narrative more complicated. It's not just black and white. Ultimately, the compensation formulas are too variable and too little is known about the government documents for us to put Warren's claim of truth uh, on the truth meter. Let me tell you one significant thing that they're leaving out before we even get the revenue. I'm going to I have a I have a slide here to show you a couple of things here. Let me show this. So what they're saying is the men suck but they get paid more money. Now, in any other measurement, like if you took the NBA and the WNBA, you couldn't make this argument. The men are obviously doing better than the women. If you took women's tennis, you couldn't make this argument, but you can do it with women's soccer, so they're using women's soccer as the catalyst because they're doing better than the men's equivalent. So what they're leaving out is often the U.S. men's soccer team does not have their best players. Okay, they're leaving that out because what's happening is the U.S. men's soccer team, their best players, sometimes they opt to play for other countries. Sometimes they opt to stay off the field and not go to the Olympics because it's not worth it for them. Here's an article. The players that got away, international uh, internationals who could have played for the U.S. but didn't. So they have a list of men here that could have played U.S. Uh, national soccer, but they chose not to because it wasn't worth it to them. The pay wasn't worth it. The pay structure that the women are complaining about the that favor the men, it's going to their secondary level players. It's going to their secondary level players. So the U.S. players that could play for the Olympics are not. They're not playing. Some, Not all of them. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. They're deciding to be like, nah, forget that. Or they'll say, my grandmother was from Wales and I'll play for the Wales team as opposed to the American team. So that is problem number one. Yes, the men's soccer team could probably do better, but what's being left out is the women's team is stacked and the men's team is not stacked. The men's team, they, they struggle to get the best players to commit to them. So that's problem number one. That's why the women's team is probably doing slightly better although they are doing better now the next part of the argument that goes crazy and left all right uh, so here it is right here they got a new team uh, they're going to be paid equal under the new deal we're going to get to the facts here there's several ways you get paid somebody's kind of mentioned it now um there's several ways you get paid in jobs you can do trade time for money you can get paid to perform or how you produce, or you can get paid based on revenue. When you're an athlete or entertainer, like my man Heartsick Disciple was saying, sometimes you get paid on performance. Sometimes you get paid based on how much money is there. And let me give you an example of that. I'm going to give you an example. I've broken this down and I've talked to people about this. I'm going to give you a clear example of this. In women's tennis, in women's and men's tennis, in most of the major tournaments, the pay is equal. Here it is right here. This is the U.S. Open tennis. 
the women, the winner of the men's and women's single tournament wins $2.5 million. And the runner-up claims $1.25 million. Now, that would seem fair, right? That would seem fair, right? However, when you think about this, those are two different games. Because in women's tennis, you pay the best. Every game, every match you play is the best out of three sets. But on the men's tennis team, every match you win is the best out of five. And there was a measurement done that said every men's champion plays about 25% more court time than the women's champion. But they still get paid the same. Now, I beg, I would ask the question, why are they getting the same? They play less. They they play far less. Well, reasons why they would get the same. Uh, maybe someone sponsored the portion of the women to make the, the, the award equal, right? There's, there's sponsorship by corporations that say, hey, uh, Serena Williams and Anna Kornikova and all of them, uh, Naomi Osaka, we want to see them get equal pay. So we'll pay to equalize the payment. That could have happened. Sponsors could have paid to equalize the payment. There could have been some push there, but there was a push to get that payment equal because the women were going, hey, we're just as good. We're just as good. Why am I getting paid less? Well, you play less, <laughs> but they're not getting paid for court time like we talked about. They're getting paid for performance. They're getting paid for appearances. They're getting paid because maybe if Serena does better, more eyes are on the TV. And for, for all intents and purposes, many men don't have a problem watching women's tennis. When it comes to women's soccer and basketball, that's a whole different subject. And we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. But here's another example of where the you have a clearly different sport, clear different rules, but the women get paid equally and nobody says anything. Well, that's because maybe they're not getting paid for time on the court. But now when you go back to women's soccer, they're saying we play the same game. We should get paid the same. Now they're making a different argument than women's tennis. Right. They're making a different argument. They're going back to we're doing the same job, so we should get paid the same. If we're saying that, why is women's tennis and men's tennis the same money then? You see what I mean? Right. That's a problem with their argument. It should be more money for the men because that's I'm doing more work. All right. So let's go back here. Where they um, left out during the three years following the 2015 World Cup. This is where the women's argument makes sense, but it's disingenuous. Let's watch. During the three years following the 2015 World Cup, the women's team brought in slightly more revenue from game from games than the men did slightly. And it's ever so slightly. While marketing and sponsorships are sold as a bundle, there are anecdotal signs that the women's brand is surging in popularity. And that would be true, too. Since the men are winning and the women are, they're going to be more popular. They're going to be the flag bearer of the World uh, World Cup, right? So, obviously, sponsors will be like, here, we'll throw money in the entire organization, and mainly because we recognize the women. I don't mind that argument because it's it, you'd be hard-pressed to name three women's and three men's soccer players on U.S. national. So I will tell you that. I could probably name more women's players than men. All right. However, it's harder to say whether the women are ultimately paid less than the men due to the lack of transparency and the complicated variables that feed into the compensation. Several experts said the reality may be murkier than a shouted catchphrase to capture can capture. Here it is right here. While Warren is 100% right that the U.S. national team, the women's team, is number one in the world, 
the economic portion of her tweet is more complex than the tweet suggests. And the accuracy of her depiction depends on measurement tools that are not noted in the tweet. And Michael McCain, yeah, Michael McCain said this. He's a law professor who specializes in sports law. Here's the problem that they have. Okay, here it says here. It says uh, the women who filed the lawsuit alleges that the U.S. soccer pays the women women's team less. They give them unequal playing conditions and they don't promote their games as much as the men's team. <laughs> OK, they're blaming the low attendance on women's uh, the, the the organization. The women's team have won four World Cup titles while the men haven't won any. The lawsuit points out, and if both teams played, if if both teams played and won 20 friendly matches in a year, the woman would earn a maximum of $99,000, and the men would earn an average of $263,000. According to the lawsuit, in this scenario, players on the women's team would earn 38% of what the men earn. Now, that's an if. They're saying if, but it's not true. They, that that scenario hasn't played out. They're just saying if this happened, the men would get paid more. But it hadn't happened. But let's get to here. Um, it says here, Jerry Kessler, a lawyer representing the women's team, said this statement is entirely accurate. Accurate. The women earn more revenue than the men, and they are the world champions and make substantially less. It's illegal and morally wrong. Now, they're going to break down that he's actually misleading you. Watch this. It says in the eight FIFA, and thanks for joining me, hit the like button. In the eight FIFA World Cup tournaments held on the women's side, the U.S. team has won four and even came in second and third place in others. By contrast, the men have played in 21, three times more FIFA World Cup tournaments, but the U.S. team did not qualify for half of the tournaments and others placed, uh, only placed high, as high as third once in the 1930s. There are certain amount, there are certain areas in which the women have generated higher revenues than the men in recent years. In recent years, watch this. This is where this is where they get murky. Says right here, when they audited the uh, the federation's financial report, it found that the U.S. women's soccer games earned more than the men's games in total during three years after. The women won the World Cup in 2015. Now, this is the same team that a high school boys team, sophomore boys team, thrashed, okay? But watch this. They're saying they earned more than the men, but it was only in a three-year period. That's where they get you. Three-year period. Here we go with the fake news, but they did the research. And this is true. I've read this in several articles, so don't come over here with that. Specifically, from 2016 to 2018, the women's team brought in $50 million in revenue, while the men's team brought in $49.9 million in revenue. That's a difference of less than 2% in the women's favor. So there was a slight difference. So when they say women brought in more money, it was only by less than a million dollars. It wasn't like they creamed them in the revenue category. They literally barely beat them out. And it was only in a three-year period. Outside of the three-year period, let's take a look. 
looking year by year, 2016 was actually the only year in which the women team, women's team generated more revenue from games. 24.1 million compared to 22.24 million for the men. In 2017, both teams brought in the same revenue. And in 2018, the men's team brought in 13 million compared to 12 million. And it says this pattern marks a reversal from previous years. In 2014 and 15, the men's team earned 8 million and 11 million more than the women's team, uh, respectively. So once again, when the argument is put against scrutiny and you break down the numbers, the argument that women, the women's team out earns the men is slight and it's only for a three-year period in which followed their World Cup championship, I think number two or three. So it is a very misleading statistic to keep saying they out earned the men. It was only for a short period of time and over the long haul, the men out earned the women, even when they underperform. So let's just take it like that. Let's just take it like that. Um, let me do one more thing here because now they're going to say beyond game revenue, U.S. soccer brings in money through marketing and sponsorships. This category amounts to more than half of the total revenue in recent years. Marketing and sponsorships, which include the sales of broadcasting rights, is hard to credit to either the men or women because these transactions are made as bundles. But uh, they also mention here, that Nike announced that the women's team sales are setting records for either men or women. So they're saying that the, 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 the uh, soccer sales are just as the same. All right, last point on this one, and where you see the disparity, where you see the lie by omission, is going to be somewhere down here. When you look at the way they agreed, when they agreed to how they structured their contra contract, when they go out and play a friendly, they would get a bonus for those games in which the men's bonus was higher than the women's bonus. And this is when they say the men get paid more than women. However, however, the women's team got a base salary of $100,000 and the men got no base salary. They only got paid in bonuses. Hold on. Which means, in effect, while the women's team were playing their 20 friendlies as they were getting, as they were playing, probably with nobody watching, they got a base salary of $100,000. The men's team played their 20 friendlies and got no money. There were no money guaranteed, only bonuses as they continued to play. You see what I'm talking about? You see where the trickery is in the conversation? Yeah, the men get paid more because their bonus is higher. So over time of the 20 matches, they got more money, even if they won or lost. But the women chose to get paid a base salary of $100,000. They chose to agree to that because, hey, it's guaranteed money. But their bonuses were less. And then over the 20 matches, it ended up that the men got paid more. <laughs> you cannot make this goofy stuff up. When it comes to the World Cup, because the men then trying to get qualified for the World Cup, when they do qualify, the World Cup organization generates $400 million. The Women's World Cup, which they keep winning, only generates $30 million. So that's a difference of $370 million. 
That's a difference of $370 million. And even if you do win the World Cup, it says right here, FIFA announced that the prize money would be $440 million for men in 2020 and $60 million for the women in 2023. They're saying that this is a lady right here. While doubling the prize money for the women's tournament, FIFA did so while also raising the money for the men. The women's prize money is still only 14% of the men. Okay, it's way less. But they're not even counting the economics of this. I mean, it, it doesn't even make sense. Just read the article. I know some dude, some liberal tried to come in here and say it's fake news. They broke down the numbers, bro. They died. They went a deep dive into the numbers. It's no doubt that the argument that you hear that they were not equally paid is false. It's true, but it's false. It's true, but it's misleading. It's true, but they chose to take the 100 grand base salary over the last five years. As such, they could have took the bonus package, which they did in this deal. They took the bonus package, but I guarantee you, they're still going to be pissed off because in this article, in this article, they didn't start laying down the law that here it is right here. The women's national team players raise issues not just about compensation, but also safe work environments. They are put at risk more frequently by having to play on non-grass fields, more non-grass fields than the men's players. So it's not that, not just, it's not just you're not getting paid, you're playing on less grass fields. Um, the travel, the men's fly charter while the women fly commercial. Ticket prices which are lower for the women's tournament games compared to the men. So the ticket prices are lower. Therefore, it's unfair. But then when I look, the stands are empty in many of your friendlies. And they're trying to lower the ticket prices to get more asses in seats. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Somebody said they're slower on grass. Um, here he goes right here. And then it says, and marketing efforts, less of the investment in women's games. So they're doing less marketing. They're lowering the ticket prices. Uh, the men are flying chartered. They're flying commercial, which I can see that, but there's a reason why. And the playing surfaces. And here it is. One notable difference is that the women return from their World Cup win. The games for the Women's Professional League, which is called the National Women's Soccer League, were broadcasted on YouTube. The men's league, the men's league, which is the MLS, which you're probably heard of, had a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract to broadcast their games on major TV networks like ESPN and Fox. So they're saying this is unfair. Hold on. Let me get the buzzer on this one. We only get on YouTube. They get on ESPN and Fox. This is where the argument, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> God. Listen, I'm all in favor of women's sports. I've, I've coached women's sports for all my life. I, I don't mind it. Um, when I go, I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know what it is. Uh, I tell you, I go to a high school boys JV game, and it's much more speedier than a Division II college basketball game. You can see the disparity immediately. The athleticism just jumps at you. I, I mean, it jumps out at you. It's without question you're watching a faster game. You're watching a potentially more athletic game. It is. I mean, I can't, I can't do anything about that. But what I cannot do is just take at face value, we get paid less without you considering all the factors. 
there's major I can't just say you you deserve to be on TV. Well, who's going to watch it? We're going to get to that in a minute. Let me do some cash apps and super chats. Interesting subject, right? Interesting subject. But this is the argument. This is how far they're pushing it. And I think it's it's going to the point of ridiculousness. We're going to get to the WNBA and the NBA here in a minute. All right, Robert Q, thank you for the uh, support today. Where are we at here? Uh, it's far, Rob, he says, uh, Rockaway Rob, Latinos in New York City supporting the coach. Please don't say Latinx. Will we find it offensive? Not sure who made that ish up. Latinx. I literally learned about this uh, less than a month ago. And I know some Latino people like, what? But I think I'm probably sure uh, your Latino homeboys and um, or homegirls, senoritas in college, they're identifying as this Latinx. Somebody put in the comment section of my last video what it meant. It was a long uh, entry, too. It was a long post. I can understand what it means. It's kind of including a lot of people and genders and all this stuff. It's kind of a mess. And they're including... Uh, other types of Latinos that don't you wouldn't consider Latinos like um, Caribbean Latinos. I don't know if you know, but Caribbeans are considered Latino. Like Caribbeans and like um, the Caribbeans, um, Caribbeans in like that. You wouldn't think like Haiti. I believe Haiti. They're under Latino. Did y'all know that? Somebody brought it up. I think it was on like. um, It was on Twitter. It was on Twitter, and um, I can't remember the guy's name. He's known as one of these kind of pro-blackish uh, guys. His name slips my mind. I should know his name, but his name slips my mind. You know we me with names. Um, somebody says, no, coach. Watch this. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. You think I'm lying? You think I'm lying? I actually looked it up, and it was right. It was under the category. Watch this. Yeah, the island is on Hispaniola. Watch this. I'm going to pull it up. I was floored. But then people came in the comment section and they were like, she's right. Because it was a black it was a black looking woman who said she's from Haiti. And she's like, we ain't we ain't African. We Latino. And everybody was going crazy on her. And I was like, what? And they were putting up charts. Watch this. People think I'm lying. Watch this. Haiti, Latin. Latino. Look. Um, here it is right here. I, I, listen, you can, you can, here it is right here. I'm going to pull it up on a couple areas. Let me just pull it up here. Let me just pull it up here. Um, it says right here. I mean, you can click on these. It says the Haitian Americans, Haitians are Latino Latinas. Yes. Haitians are Latino. Ha Haiti and Brazil are the only two Latin countries whose first language is not Spanish. FYI, like Latino is not a race. I swear to God, man, you can't make this up. Here it is. Uh, Haiti is a more Caribbean. Let me see right here. Uh, let's see here. And Haiti represents the first Latin American nation in 1804. Haiti was the first independent Latin American nation in 1804. Latino, do Haitians consider themselves Latino? The definition of Latino is a person of Latin American origin, origin or descent. Haitian Creoles is based on a off of a French and Haiti is based in Latino, Latin. So in terms of the Latin X people, <laughs> it sounds like some Mal Malcolm X. In I listen, it I don't have to agree with it. I'm not saying I, I'm not I'm not the one. I'm not the one. Don't 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 hit on me, man. Don't put the hit on on me. 
But the island that they're on is Hispaniola with the Dominican Republic, right? If I'm not, no, Puerto Rico? What are, yeah, I mean, the Dominican Republic, right? Don't they share? Yeah. Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So, hey, man, don't get no smoke on me. I'm sorry I went there. I, I'm sorry I went there. It ain't, I didn't make the call. <laughs> I didn't make the call. But what I'm telling you is this conversation comes up in this Latinx thing. And I'm like, I was blown away. So shout out to everybody. I don't mean the, the pro blacks are irate right now. <laughs> I I didn't make it up. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> I'm shuffling now. Yes, I'm shuffling. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm out of this one, man. I don't, hey, this this is the time where you hear coach's opinion. I don't got no opinion. I know nothing on this one. I, I know nothing. I'm, I don't even have a dog in the fight. I do not have a dog in the fight on this one. You can do, you can be whatever you want. As long as I get to see your feet, ladies. <laughs> I'm like this. Hold up, where's my damn run sound effect? Give me some sound effects. You gotta get Wait. my back. I want no smoke on this. Y'all can, y'all can, <laughs> you guys can argue that one till the cows come home. But hey, I'm here to inform you. Ladies, I just want to see your feet. Haitian, Dominican, I don't care. Hispaniola, I have no care. And now y'all got pretty feet too. <laughs> this is the first time I commit I'm literally shuffling. So do not bring no smoke my way on this one. All right, let's get back to the show. Uh, I got to get back to the Harold L says I am Heath Ledger's Joker in that I just want to watch the, this whole thing burn down to the ground. And yes, I am on the dark side. <laughs> well, these arguments will make you burn. Want to see the damn thing burn down. Like you're trying to be rational and they make you push all the, to the point where you can't even argue it. Where's we at here? Where's we at? Uh, Cohen says, Coach, here's my tuition. The OnlyFans Congress candidate says her history is overshadowing her qualifications and we should look past her stripper and OnlyFans pass. They always want to have it their way. We looked up that woman before, right? She was the woman, the plain Jane. That is the, she's running for a uh, political office and she's an OnlyFans girl. You're, it's not what you think, guys. It's not what you think. She's not like striking like that. She's a plain Jane Kaylee. And now she's probably taking L's and she wants people to look past her OnlyFans. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this world anymore. I don't want to be here no more. <laughs> Wasn't that in the movie? I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. I don't even know what to do. We're trying to make sense of this world. And people are coming in here, flying in with all kind of stuff. All right, Dane Digital, man, stream this morning was fire. Put YouTube FTs on these missions. YouTube uh, feed on these Mitches. It's abbreviated. Yeah, man, I had to get them. I hope I woke them up. Sun Lee Rising says, supporting the show. Uh, appreciate you, man, for the notorious CGA. We're going to call you EO. He says, today is my birthday. Sing a Nigerian song for me. I don't know any Nigerian songs. 
I don't. Shout out to his name is Ifito. I can't pronounce that. Ifitable. Shout out to my Nigerian brothers, man. Mike Hawk says, looking forward to the next WNBA All-Star Weekend. You don't want to go. Guys, I've been to I've been to these functions. It is not a place to pick up women. It is not a place to pick up women. You are going to be the odd man out. I used to go to the women's final four every year. I've been to like seven of them. I've been to like seven of them. I stopped going. But every now and then I would get some big ogre woman. She played basketball. And now she's a coach. She like 5'10", 5'11", 6 feet tall, wanting to mess with me. They get drunk. They lose their mind. You know, because they go both ways, many of them. Somebody said, why did I go to the women's final four? Um, when you're a coach, they have the convention. They have the coaches convention along with the final four. That's how they get everybody there. Right. And then they give you tickets. I think you either buy a ticket or they gave you tickets to the event. So um, when you're a coach, uh, same thing on the men's side. When they do their final four, they have the coaches convention and they do all kind of, you know, this is a place for you to meet and learn and and hang and fraternize with each other. But 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 you don't want to go. To the women's final, you don't want to go. Oh, he said, I bet that sarcastically. Oh, you don't want to go there, dude. You are not going to do nothing there. I, you know what we should do? We should send the best run your game artists out to the women's final four. All right, dude, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. What you're going to find out is that there's some women that got more game than you. And the women come there to see the women. They do not come there to see no salami. There are some coaches that are strictly, they used to call it strictly dickly. All right, I had to curse here, but that's what they were saying. Because many of them, they do have people that go both ways. They're girls that um, that don't have any interest in other women. But do not go there thinking you about to pick up ball players and coaches. Do not go there, bro. It's the wrong place. Man, I used to see... Um, I don't want to name names, but uh, think of some of your favorite. If you if you watch uh, women's basketball, like think of some of your favorite players. They walk through there. There's celebrities there, and there's women fawning, fawn, fawning all over them. They doing corner sessions and talking, and they had some wannabe player Mac chicks. I could name names, but it would be it's not outing them. But you know, some of you guys aren't familiar with this, so it would be news to you. They had more hoes than you ever could dream of. I'm just letting y'all know. These girls had more women and fine women. Fine women. You, you wouldn't even believe it, bro. You wouldn't even believe it until you see it. Yep, somebody put one in the chat. They had fine women, and they treated them. They walked, around, they walked there like dudes. And I used to be like, dang, you used to see him because you guys know the names. You guys know the names. And I would see him and you'd be in the elevator and they'd be dapping you up like a dude. Hey, what's up, man? Dapping you up. <laughs> and the girls would be falling. Fine girls walking behind them. I'd be like, damn. And I love it, man, because y'all literally be over there like, oh, y'all be naming some of these uh, send fresh to the All-Star Weekend. Y'all name some of these girls. She'd be like, oh, she fine. I'm like, man, you wasting your time. You wasting your time. The players y'all think fine, I'll be like. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Their circle, their circle is um, 
their circle is interesting. Like female celebrities would be rolling around there too. I remember we were in the airport one time with my team and there was a female celebrity that showed up. At that time, she wasn't out. Now she's out. All right. It's a rapper. Um, it's a very well-known rapper. She wasn't out at the time. All right, but but um when at this point, we're talking about the mid-90s, late 90s. She showed up at the airport and people knew her that I was at the airport with. Like she was in the ends. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, huh? I was like, her? But I mean, it makes sense now. But I was young and dumb. I was young and dumb. I didn't have no clue. But they rolled in the same circles. They was like, hey, they was all dapping each other up. All the ones that roll that way. They was, it was I was like, man, yo. <laughs> but uh, now it's real known. You know, I learned a lot. I was like, oh, man. They were like, yeah, her. They named them all. They was like, her, her, her. They go to the summer league games. They be like, when they go to summer league games, they be there. When they go to the WNBA game, they be there. It's crazy, but uh, it is what it is. It's a wake-up call. And this is what I knew because I've, you know, I've, I've, you know, mentored a lot of women who were, they call them lesbians. I don't know if you can say that on YouTube. You know, I've mentored them. I've, I've gotten, you know, uh, because I got a lot of freshmen and sophomores that would come on the campus and the juniors and seniors will try to turn them out and they be scared. They be hiding in my office. <laughs> they try to turn them girls out. They try to turn them freshmen out. The freshmen come in and they be like, hey, they try to turn them out and they be in my office scared. I'm like, tell them this, but they, they're, they're aggressive. It's a thing, man. It's a thing. And until you're in it, in it, like I was in it, in it where it was like, like they weren't afraid to talk to me about it. And after a while, you know, I got comfortable with it because I knew, but like, I, I would say if I flipped the script and I was like, you know, I was on the man side and it was like that, it would, it would have been weirder for me. But since it was women, it was just like, and then I would see women that were that they, they were all the way Skittles. And then when they got out of college, they got back in the men and they got married and had families. I would see them. They'd be on Facebook. And they all the way they had a girlfriend the whole way through college. They had a girlfriend all the way through college. I mean, you wouldn't have ever thought they would even like dudes. And then as soon as they got out of college, they switched up um, and then they got married. And I was like, and had babies too. I was like, <laughs> that's another part of the spectrum you don't know. I was like, her, you got married? I'm like, wow, bro. Like it was a wake up call. Like, whoa. So. I learned a whole bunch about that culture. I know a whole bunch about that culture. So I'm comfortable with it. Uh, but they, they, my players would share all kinds of stuff with me. I'd be like, woof. And let me tell you one more, one more thing about this. They had some fine women in there. They had some fine women coming through there. I remembered, I remember a couple girls had fine girlfriends. And I always used to use it for recruiting advantages too. All right, so I used to always try to find out which way because if the kid was in high school and she would visit, we had to figure out, you know, which way she went so we can put certain people on them. So if she liked boys, we get her to hang out with the men's basketball team. If she liked girls, we get her to be with the 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 the, the, <laughs> the biggest freaky deke. 
And then we pair them up. We used to call them um, the campus host. We were like, who's hosting this kid? And then we would find out. They're like, which way she go? And then we put her either with a straight girl or, and that was going to be around the boys team or we put her with a girl girl. And then the girl come back, man, I'm coming to this school. We like, yep, we put the right girl on her. Or the coach would be like, no, nah, don't put her on her. Put, put this one on her. This is what we used to do. It's the same as on the men's side. The men's programs did this too, but they would just have strippers. Like, remember Rick Patino, Louisville got caught. They would just bring in the escorts for the boys. Just like in He Got Game, right? He Got Game. He Got Game was the same thing where um, Ray Allen's character, what was his name? Jesus Shuttleworth. He showed up and he had two white women in the bed. Somebody says in high school, a lot of girls turned out already. Yep. Yeah, man, dude, we used to go to the tournaments, AU tournaments, and them girls was already, they was already in. And I used to hear people that had daughters that were coaches, they were like, they ain't letting their daughters play basketball. <laughs> so, because they, they, is there's no stopping them. They, they will, they will turn your, they will turn your daughter out. But I did have girls that were never, they never would be doing it. They never would do it. They was always in the dudes. And some girls would surprise you. You'd be like, oh, she ain't in the girl. I mean, she ain't in the dudes and she'd be in the dude. Like you could never guess. I mean, sometimes you sometimes you knew, but sometimes you didn't. Some girls would fake like they in the dudes and then they'd be in the girls. It was a big, it was a big mess. And by the way, I'm going to say this. I'm letting all the stuff out because it's a small audience. I'm letting all the info out. Um, the uh because people would be like oh you just coaching women's basketball so you can get with the players let me tell you something you'd be more likely at the college level to get with the players as a woman's coach than a men than a male especially during that time because they would protect the women's coaches if there was never an affair between players and it's very common it's very common i mean it was super duper common I mean, I had them probably um, um, half the schools I was at, it was going down. Uh, either one of the coaches got with one of the players. All right. Either the head coach or the assistant coach. All right. Um, or the head coach and the assistant coaches were girlfriends. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they never were out. They never were out. You never would have known it until you were inside. You thought they were just friends. And they'd be like, we were roommates and they stayed in the same room together. And then somebody told me, hey, you know, they together. I was like, what? But um, what was the secret that I was going to spill? Oh, 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 um, women, uh, uh, women sport coaches, female coaches with the player, the, the protection that they had, the protection that they had was that at the time you could not out them. Right. So it couldn't go to the newspaper. Like, say, for instance, I mean, this happened a lot of times at major universities. There was one university, a woman coach, uh, had a – she was dating the best player, and uh, they got into a spat, and one of them got kicked out of the house naked. And it was a big, big, big event. Everybody knew about it, and the, the, the female coach was a legendary coach. She didn't even get fired because at that time, especially if they were in the South or the Midwest, you could not come out with no article saying that this female-female relationship was going. You could not out them. You can't out them like that, right? So they had that protection 
of, you know, if you put that story out, you basically outing them sexually and it would be a damage to the reputation. They could sue you. Now it's a little bit different. I don't even know if it's, I don't even know. Now you kind of hear those stories, even with high school teachers and whatnot. Now you hear if there's a girl on girl type of deal, but they had that protection. But if it was a male coach, because there were several, I think University of Central Florida had a male coach that was paying one of his star basketball players for some peace leave. And he was married. Mm. Let me look that up since we chilling today. And we'll get to the WNBA here in a minute. Central Florida women's basketball coach. I'm, I, I'm, I'm giving y'all some player. Let me see here. Was it Central Florida? There was a UCF. I think it was the UCF. Um, it was a male coach, and he was messing around. <laughs> I think it was the UCF uh, women's basketball coach. A sex affair. I'll put that. Let's see if I can do it. Well, we also knew about the woman in at LSU, right? But now she coaches in the professional leagues. Was it Central Florida? It was another school. It was another school. It wasn't maybe it wasn't Central Florida. I can't remember where it was at. But um, yeah, he was a guy. He was married. And then he was paying the girl. He was paying one of his basketball players, the point guard. And she came out and told on him. He was like, yeah, she, he paid me for some sexual encounters. I'm like, coach, oh, my God. Lord have mercy. Are you crazy? He says, don't out the bruh. All right, I won't out him. Because it's kind of buried now. You got to be, you had to be in the mix to know that story. Um, I'm going to get back to the show here. <laughs> I'm going to get back to the show. Somebody said, don't out him. All right, so if I'm not outing the women, I won't out the men. All right, you're right. You're right on that one. Who said that? Uh, Bumpy. Bumpy said that. Somebody says, I've never seen a straight woman get hit on by a, an, an alternative woman and loud cap her. It's thirsty. Oh, yeah. Oh, they already outing. It was Florida International. <laughs> it was Florida International. So they outed him already. Sorry. You guys are good on the Google. Florida International coach. Now they going to out me. No, I'm just playing. Women's basketball coach, paying player. I'll read the article. <laughs> Let me see here. Where was it at? Okay, I'll read the article. I won't show you his picture. It says the FIU women's basketball coach, his name uh, has been accused of sexual misconduct. This was in the year 2016. It says right here, um, he loaned the player $600 in December, and she explained what happened once she used the money. And it says right here, he pursued a sexual relationship and unknowingly participated in the NCAA violation. I went to pay the debt on my account, said the player. The day after I received the money, he called me. I said, coach, how could I ever repay you? I was thankfully thankful and showing gratitude, humbleness. I really appreciate it. He said, you will pay me back in other ways. He said that six times. In my, it's in vivid in my head. So she might have been lying. I don't know. He got fired. He got fired. You know what I mean? She might have been lying. I don't know. But he had the same pay face. Man, I tell you, man, do women's sports, um, the one thing that you don't know, which they don't show, being on the inside, that is super duper common. 
Like you've seen it with women's gymnastics, dude. It it is super duper common, way common, and it's one of the things that kind of messes up the credibility. <laughs> because when you find out the amount of people that are doing the, like there's there was a professional coach that had a relationship with a player in the WNBA. It was well known. And you're looking at it like what? Like think about that. Now, you can do whatever you want, but think about it. Like say if you had an NBA coach, name a coach. I don't want to name a coach and put it out there and burn bread on him. Name a coach and then you find out he was he was with the star player. You would be floored. You would be blown away. You would be like, what? You know what I mean? Like the Knicks coach and then the star player. You would be like, what? You wouldn't be able to handle it. Now, now, it might be happening. It might be happening. It very well could be happening at this point. We don't know. But in the WNBA, it, it happened several times. <laughs> blown away, pause. <laughs> yeah, pause. Anyway. So these are the things that happens on the women's side and also just misconduct. Remember, I told you about the tennis player that said she was with the 50-year-old tennis coach and then he died and then she came out. Remember, who, what was that tennis player's name? I can't remember. She said when she was a teenager, she had a relationship with a married, her married tennis coach and then he died and she came out and outed him. And they never had sex until she was legal of age. Yeah, I mean, dude, that stuff happens all the time on the women's sports side. And that's because it's all, yeah, Pam Shriver was her name. It's almost unavoidable. You're bringing in two. It's a mess. Shout out to the ultimate warrior in the building. Uh, let's get back to the WNBA. So we, did we get on, um, we got the pay disparity. Watch this. Now they're trying to say, I gave you all some inside information. Pay disparity between the WNBA and the NBA is a numbers game. But if you go on Twitter and Instagram, they're trying to say that the WNBA and the NBA players should make, should be paid equally. I'm floored at this. Like how? There's no way that it's the same game. Let's just get to the facts here. Why is this on there like that? Okay, so um, that's the women's soccer team again. Let's just go on attendance alone. Average attendance uh, per game. We'll get to the differences between their uh, thing here. Here's the average attendance before game. First of all, there's only 12 teams. In the NBA, there's 30. All right, so you got a problem there. It ain't the same. But look at the average attendance. Many of these teams barely get 8,000 people in. All right, in the last 2017, barely 8,000. Whereas in the NBA, you know, you're getting 16, 15, 20. I mean, it, it, it's not even close. But here it is right here. Even though the league, the two leagues play the same sport when it comes to revenue and profits, the two leagues have little in common. Now, where are the guys that are going to say um, this is fake news? Read one cash app, then told stories for 30 minutes. I'll get to them. WNBA players contend uh, for some time that their pay is unfair, that they deserve something closer than their male counterpart, sorry, in the NBA. Um, 
recently Draymond Green, one of the, the one of those highly paid male players, poured a little gas on the fire by offering his opinion on the subject. In short, he said the women shouldn't complain. Now, they paraphrased. They took that out. He said a little bit more than that. He said a little bit more than that, and we'll get to it. What he said was, I'll, I'll do this. This is what he said. Come on, man. Refresh. I might have to paraphrase again. Here's Draymond Green. He basically said what it sounds like is that they're just complaining. He says, he says, I've seen so many complaints recently about women talking about the pay gap between what we make and what they make. And I feel, I feel where they are coming from. I know what I put into this to be great. They put in the same time in that we put in. So I understand what they're saying, but I'm really tired of seeing them complain about the lack of pay because they're doing themselves a disservice by just complaining. And he went on to say, and he literally took one to the head on this one, but they are complaining because they are not laying out steps that they can take to change that, which is important. So it's coming off as a complaint because the people that can change it, they're just going to continue to say, well, the revenue isn't there. The revenue isn't there. So if you don't bring in, uh, bring in the revenue, we can't pay. Uh, we can't up your pay. They're going to keep using that. But the reality is, as true as that is, as true as that is, it's an excuse. Then he swings the conversation back to the women, saying that the revenue, the argument about revenue is just an excuse. And he says, because everyone says we support women, we support women's empowerment, we support women in the workplace. We do this for women. We do X for women, blah, blah, blah. And everyone uses it to their advantage. Yet these women athletes are not using those people who are saying the, the very thing uh, to their advantage. So then it just becomes a complaint that falls on deaf ears because they're going to use the same excuse. So let's go back to the numbers because Draymond brings it up. The income, the, the revenue, all of that is not even close. Even the game rules aren't even close. In a WNBA game, they play two 20-minute halves and a five-minute overtime and a 15-minute halftime. In the NBA, they play four 12-minute quarters, uh, uh, an additional eight minutes of game time. But again, is this about the rules? Is this about being the same? Or is it about getting paid for what? Production, advertisement, marketing, uh, or just performance? What is what is it? Because tennis is not the same game, but they get paid the same. U.S. soccer saying we play in the same game, so we should get paid the same. What argument are you going to use here? This is the problem with these arguments because they switch it. They move the goalposts to make it work over here, and then they make it work over here. Well, just because women's tennis is not the same doesn't mean they shouldn't get the same pay. Well, you just said you're doing the same job, same pay. Let's talk about the differences here uh, between the WNBA and the NBA. This article says, according to somebody, this is fake news. The NBA and the WNBA have little in common other than that they play the same sport. The NBA is 75 years old. The NBA, the WNBA, sorry, the NBA is 75 years old. The WNBA is 25 years old. 
the WNBA is 50 years behind in building its brand and working out labor issues. WNBA players want what NBA players spent decades trying to obtain. Just recently, NBA players started to make money. Now, you grew up and you always thought NBA players made money, but let me just give you a frame of reference here. Magic Johnson, pause. Anytime you say Magic Johnson, you got to say pause. Magic Johnson, somewhere in the 1980s, signed a contract for $25 million, which was the largest contract in NBA history. However, this contract was $1 million over 25 years. You get what I mean? Today, there are bench warmers making $25 million per year. There are six men, people coming off the bench, making $25 million a year. Think about that. And they'll make that for five years. So put that in perspective. Many NBA players were making six figures. They were making $600,000 in the 80s. I believe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's highest contract was a $600,000 to $700,000 contract per year. Per year. So with that being said, the NBA took a while to get to these outrageous salaries. It didn't just happen. People that played in the 60s probably had a part-time job. Okay, they were damn mechanics and they were uh, roofers. They had another job when they played in the NBA when the Celtics were running crazy, running wild like Hulkamania. In the 70s, they probably had another job. They were player and coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, you the player, equipment manager, the travel organization, and you the damn pilot, and the bus driver, and the damn player. So these ideas that the NBA players are looking at their pay scale now, and you're like, well, the women should get that. Just put it in perspective. It took 50 years to get to that point. It took 50 freaking years to get to the point where the contracts are obscene. Now, the WNBA has been around for 25 years, and they want to just jump right in the front of the line of the money. No, that's not how it works. So they put that point in there. WNBA players want what NBA players spent decades trying to obtain. Work on your brand first. Work on your collective bargaining agreement first. Work on your layups. Get some exposure. The NBA's average attendance is 17,000. The WNBA's average attendance is 6,000. Come on, man. This is not rocket science. Right? Rocket science. It says the NBA, I'm sorry, the 2019 NBA Finals averaged a little more than 20 million viewers per game. The 2019 WNBA Finals averaged 400,000 viewers per game. The NBA has 30 teams. The WNBA has 12. Not only that, the average ticket price is 51 to $89 in the NBA. I don't know what game you're looking at. That must be in Orlando or something, not in LA. The NBA's average ticket is $17. NBA players' games average 2 million TV viewers per game. WNBA games average 246,000 during the 2019 regular season. And that's a 7% improvement. And after 2020, their ratings went down all right and they are now they just opened up this past week about a few weeks ago and their ratings are down so the pandemic had a big impact on their viewership the nba's average revenue 7.92 billion dollars the nba's 
revenue annually, $60 million. With uh, He says, which would not even cover the combined salaries of NBA player Kevin Love and Damon Lillard. Revenues, of course, are not to be confused with profits, all of which leaves the WNBA a little short on money. NBA Commissioner Al Adam Silver's reports that the NBA has lost an average of $10 million each year it has existed, with the NBA subsidizing out of the goodness of its politically correct heart. So the NBA is covering their losses. And they were running equal pay. Here it is right here. Kyrie Irving creates a $1.5 million fund for WNBA players who chose to sit out the 2020 season. So here's another chance, another um, chance where men are opening their wallet to try to make this work. Which leads us to the average NBA salary is $7.5 million, according to the league. And the average WNBA salary in 2019 was $116,000. Um, but they're doing a 53% increase with a new collective bargaining agreement. That's going to include paternity, uh, maternity, paternity, <laughs> uh, maternity leave and, and uh, $5,000 in child care, $5,000 in child care, and as much as $60,000 for adoption, surrogacy, egg freezing, and fertility treatments. Um, do the men have that? Do the men have that? <laughs> Is that in the men's contract? Under the CBA, base salaries increased to $130,000, and the league's elite players can make upwards to a half a million. So they do have probably probably 10 players that make a million dollars for sure. All right. But they're, they're very few and far between. And so they're comparing Diana Taurasi with Michael Jordan. Well, Diana Taurasi is the Michael Jordan of the WNBA. Therefore, she should get Michael Jordan money. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing, bro? What are we doing with these arguments? Uh, it, it gets it gets kind of fuzzy. And so they're talking about they're trying to bring in more sponsors in the 2022 season. It, will it mean more people in the seats? I don't know if you've ever been to a WNBA game. I have. I'm going to tell you. This is just a warning for you guys. Um... If you plan, if you have a family, like if you have kids, it's a family event, but you might want to prep them when they get there. You know, they're going to see something that they might not see in their suburbs, right? You're going to see the gonna like, because back in the day, I think when I used to go, I used to go for free. You know, I mean, I knew people, I knew, I knew either a coach or a player there. I actually coached four at the schools that I coached at, four players that I coached got drafted. And then a several got free agent contracts in the WNBA. All right. So I've had people close. And when they came into town, they left me tickets. Or I had a close relationship with somebody that knew someone that, that played in the WNBA. So um, when you go there, they're going to be, um, they don't hide what they're doing. It, it's it's kind of going like going to a parade. It's like going to a parade. Like you're going to be like, oh. And your daughter gonna be looking like what's going on here. But now in our in our time, this is common. They're they're wanting you to see this. They're wanting you, they're wanting your kids to be introduced to this now. So it's kind of like one of those murky. <laughs> I ain't never paid no ticket. I ain't never paid no ticket to go to no WNBA. 
at that time I was in the industry, so it would be free. And at that time I would go to either LA because I had a, one of my guys that got me into coaching. He actually was an assistant with the Sparks. And then I had another one that when I coached up in San Jose State, I would go to the Sacramento franchise. Uh, but anyway, I tried to clean it up. I tried to clean up what's happening there. But I do like women's basketball because um, um, the problem with the women's basketball game that I'm going to say, and I'll do all the super chats. The problem with their game is that you can't see how good they are from the camera way up in the damn 300 section. It's not going to, tra- it doesn't translate well to television. Now, anybody that knows female ballers know that they're good. Like, they're they're good, solid players. They're built. They're big. They're strong. Um, you know, just like you will see an elite male athlete at 16 run like a gazelle. On the women's team, there'll be a 6'2 player like that. Like, Maya Moore was, like, all of six foot two, And she ran like a gazelle. She was quite impressive. When I was at Stony Brook, we played them her freshman year. We played Maya Moore her freshman year. She was amazing, bro. Like, so from the row number one and two, row number one and two, you'll be you're, you'll you'll be blown away. The higher you go in the rafters, the worse the game looks. I mean, that's just the problem with it. And you know what the problem is? It would be the same as if it was a six-foot under league. <laughs> it would be the same, like, if it was a six-foot under, like, you take any 24-hour fitness league and put them in an arena. It will look ridiculous. It will look like it will look like this. <laughs> it will look terrible. And that's their problem. It's a six foot, it's a largely a six foot under league. The best post players are 5'10, 5'11. The taller they get, if they're not, if the taller they get and they're a post player, the worse they are. Unless they're literally a standout like a Britney Grinder. She's not really that talented. She's just huge. All right. So um the best players are between the between 5'9 and 6'1. The taller they are, the worse they are. And then the short ones, you're kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, you'd be like, I could go out there and play against them. But their their league is done, it's it's done by brute force. It's a hang and bang. They just bang each other. Bang, bang. Every now and then you'll get somebody like smooth like Maya Moore. You know what I mean? At least a Leslie. Those players are few and far between. And most of them all went to Connecticut. <laughs> right? So you're not going to see nobody knocking down shots. Like, I mean, you're going to see some. They do have these players. But again, the higher you get in the rafters and the more you get the television view, it's not going to translate. And that's why they do poor on their, their viewership. You look at the game, you're like, okay, these look like a little, a lot of short people out there. And they wonder why. Now, same thing with same thing with tennis, women's tennis, by the way. You're gonna watch because first of all, they sound like they're doing something other than playing tennis half the time. All right. So they got a skirt on, they're panting, they're grunting, they're sweating. You know what I mean? Their their clothes are tight. You can see leg and midriff and shoulders and ponytails. You don't see that on WNBA. So if you're a viewer and you just manage to go by the screen, you're going to be like, keep on going. When they're watching tennis, you're going to be like, damn, who is that? Kornikova, Petrikova, Salivakova. <laughs> Somebody says, Coach Gumpin for women's sports. No, nah, man, you got to call the real, man. Get your ass out there. You're going to get your ass torn up. 
I've been around too many women's basketball players to diss them. All right, they there's some girls that can kick your ass. All right, I ain't I am not playing. All right, first of all, they kick your ass. Listen, not only will they kick your ass on the court, they take your damn girl. That's how I used to see it. I used to see them dudes come in there, man. I'll kick your ass, and then they kick the dude's ass and take the girl, take his girl with him, and then your girl be lip locked with the girl. <laughs> That's what I used to see. And I used to see it on a regular basis at college. I used to see that all the time. I'd be like, damn, the intramural dudes come out there. Yeah, man, I'm going to just go. And then the girl will kick his ass and take his girl. Mm. By the way, women's volleyball, too. Have your girl turned out. Do not sleep. This is why I tell you about Arizona State. Do not sleep on these girl female athletes. They will turn your girl out with the swiftness. And you'll be like, yo, girl. Not my girl. Yes, your girl. I've seen it too many times. <laughs> anyway, where are we at? Let's do all the. All right. They have put some game on your girl and have your girl leaking. They had your girl leaking and you'd be like, what? Wow, my girl. You want to be with this girl? She five foot ten. She 200 pounds. You want to be with her? And your girl come out, knees wobbling, knees shaking. I'm going to tell you another story. Let me do a couple more cash apps. I'm going to tell you another story. I kind of told this story before. Um, Zero fallout. He says they don't want equality. They want equal outcome. So any argument with WNBA, NBA, there's going to be guys that gump for, for the girls on this argument. This is not even close to being an equitable pay argument. I mean, there's nothing equitable about it on any level. When you break it down, it's not even close. But there's going to be some dudes gump. Yeah, we need to do it. Like, why? It's not even, the, they don't even have the revenue. We just, just on the revenue where they're losing $10 million per year. Where are you going to pay them with? What are you going to pay them with? You're going to have to take the money from the men like the Title IX program. And they're gonna not, they're not gonna turn the money down. That's the problem. Because if the NBA said, okay, men take a little bit less salary so we can keep the women's league going, the men will say, okay. And the women will say, thank you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we'll get to an equal pay argument. Well, they're making just as close, but you had to give up the money and they don't make no money. How? It's it's goofy. And you know who really gumps for them is um Basketball players, former players that have daughters. Former basketball players that have daughters because their daughters start to do what? Get involved in basketball. And then they go overboard, right? And then they start coaching their daughter and they start getting the the, the top women's players to mentor them and their daughters get turned out. <laughs> yeah, they do the whole girl dad thing. And then they start pushing for. So then what do they do? They start going to WNBA games. They start sitting front row. They start advocating. And then they start saying, yeah, you know, equal pay. And so the biggest stars on the men's team will have daughters. And then they'll be like, yeah, these girls need more exposure. It happens all the time. I've seen it. You know what? I've seen it. Sorry about the super chats. I've seen it. I remember I used to watch Akeem Olajuwon's daughter and recruit her. I, think, I can't remember what school she went to. But, um. You know what happens? This not only happens with NBA players, but it happens with men. 
men in general. So what will happen is the men know nothing about women's sports. They'll have a daughter. That daughter will start playing high school sports. And this dude will be the loudest loudmouth about how unfair it is about the women's team and the men's team or what the girls basketball teams get versus the boys. But when they were a player in high school, they could give a care less about the girls basketball team. But then when their daughter gets to high school, they loud and say, we need equal playing time and we need as many basketballs and we need. It was it was nonstop. I, I, I hated that girl's dad as a coach. I'm like, you must be new. I'm like, you're a new you're new to this side of the sport. I see. How come we got to play on Tuesday night with nobody in the stands and the boys varsity team, they start complaining about what the boys varsity team is get. The boys varsity team game is sold out. Standing room only. But now they want to play the same night as the boys team. And they want to play after the boys so that the, the standing room only crowd can see the girls team. I went through this as a girls coach all my life. I'd be like, oh, Lord. I'm like, you know what's going to happen? Soon as the girls game start, Everybody's going to leave. And it's going to humiliate the girls. So then they'll say, put them before the girls team. Put them before the boys game so that everybody that's coming to the boys game will say, oh, there's a girls varsity game. We'll go to the girls game. You know what's going to happen? Everybody's going to show up at halftime of the girls game. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. They're not going to come at the start. They're going to come at halftime to get their seat so they don't have to stand up for the boys game. It it was almost not. It, I cannot stand those men's parents that were those uh, uh girl dads like that. They were always the loudest mouth, and you're like, would you shut up? <laughs> you know what I mean? They were so excited and passionate. All of a sudden, I was like, you probably was trying to. You probably the worst misogynist when you were in high school with the girls team. The worst of the worst. They were embarrassing. All right, shout out to Jose V. He says, it's not about equity, it's but dominance. If you don't know that that's the direction they're going, again, if the NBA started just giving them money and paying them equally, the next conversation is we should play before, we should, we should get better treatment than you. Same as with the women's soccer argument. It always escalates. It's never enough. I'm not happy. And I'm just saying this as a... I'm just letting y'all know that that's where it goes. Juan Primeris is simple. Make the women play the men for the bag. Gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> now, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> it would be ridiculous. It's not even fair. It wouldn't be even fair. I mean, I think the best college women's program is on par with probably the best varsity high school basketball team on the boy side. And I'm not, and I'm not BSing. I'm not trying to belittle them and I'm not trying to big up the boys. But what we would do is when I had, when I coached in college, we would have, we would have, and we, our teams were going to the conference tournament like every year. And we would have some intramural boys come and um, from the college intramural freshmen and sophomores. And they would run our girls. But they were guys that play ball. It wasn't like no scrubs from the dorms. We would take an intramural team that was good, and they would run circles. they run our girls up and down the freaking court. Now, if we was playing half court, it was a little bit different. But if we were playing full court, it wasn't even, no, it wasn't even close. And all you needed was two athletic players, and 
and and and and two point guards with some handles, you would literally run them off the court. It wasn't even close. And and oh, another secret, boy, I'm, I'm full of secrets. Sorry for the one super chats. Y'all got to send me not these one dollar ones. Um, here's another secret: the top women's basketball programs for college, they actually have a men's team that they give scholarships to, to practice against because there's not enough talented girls at their level to give scholarships to. So what they will do is they'll get, they'll get nine or 10 good, the top nine or 10 basketball players in the country. They give them a scholarship. And then with the five other scholarships, they would bring in five men that those girls will practice against. That's how, <laughs> and guess what? Women would complain about that. Those scholarships should go to girls. You're cheating the system. So they'd be mad at those coaches for giving those men scholarships to pra become practice players. University of Connecticut did that. UCLA did that. Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee did that, but they might've done that. They had, they had men that came in their practice. I don't know if they gave them scholarships, but Connecticut did. So that's what they would do to prep their girls. They would bring in solid basket, male basketball players and practice against them. And then when they get to the game, it's much easier. <laughs> They're like, shit, now we playing against girls. So, yeah, they want a good team. So that's the way you do it. Because let me just tell you, that by the time you get to the 12th, 13th, 14th player, scholarship-wise, she ain't going to get your team ready for practice. She ain't going to get your team ready. But – if you had 10 good, 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 solid uh, McDonald's All-Americans and five male practice players, your team going to be on point. And then you bring in three dudes that play intramurals. Now they have a team of eight male players versus the 10 best Connecticut women's players. Them girls going to be ready. They're going to be ready to go. They're playing a whole different game. They're playing a whole different game. UCLA has scholarships. Yeah, um, with Division One women women's basketball, their scholarships full. It's a headcount sport, so it's absolutely full scholarships. All right, um, and they get they get more scholarships than the men's basketball team. At least when I coached, it was that. I think the men's got twelve. The men's basketball, men's college basketball, Division One got twelve or thirteen scholarships. The women got fifteen, and the reason was the gender equity thing that I talked about with Title IX. They had to get the female number up. But then they would find out that the coaches would not use all the scholarships. The coaches wouldn't use all the scholarships because they're like, there's not 15 good players that I can get. So they would only use 12, and then they would use the scholarships for like a manager or a student assistant. They use the scholarship for, they use the scholarship for something else. They'll use their last two or three scholarships for something else or for some kid that might transfer in. They'll use them for the practice squad. And then women's groups will get mad at them. Wait, those girls, those scholarships will go to girls, but then the coach will give it to a male manager or something like that. Or they'll give it to the girlfriend of the star player. <laughs> or the college admission scandal. Remember the college admission scandal? That's what they were doing too. So they would go to a coach and they say, do you have any extra scholarships? Do you actually have any extra roster spots? And they would go to like tennis and golf and all of these places. And then they do the college cheating thing. They get paid 
and they would bring the kid as a scholarship athlete. But then the kid will get the campus and quit on the first day. They get a, they get the campus and quit. Oh, she quit the team, but she got priority admission. She got enrollment. She got all of that. It was a, it's a basically a, it's, I know the ins and outs of how that worked. All right. I'm sorry, man. We gonna get to these. We gonna get to all of these. And I'm going to tell you my story about the girls with the good looking girls, the beta male police. He said the beta male police, dear coach, you are never wrong. Keep cooking. He cooks over here. James Burr says, Coach is really Goldie from the Mac. Player style, pimping. All right. I've just been around. I've seen a lot. These eyes have seen a lot. These eyes are connected to my brain. And what I've seen, I cannot unsee. I don't see the world in the blue pill, male, female, hetero world. You know what I mean? And and, and girl loves guy, guy loves girl. I've seen some crazy-ish. Uh, working at college campuses, I've seen girls get turned out by girls. I've seen girls getting smashed out by eight dudes in the first week. I've seen the one dude that was the um, all-pro football player going, he's about to get drafted, smashing all the athletes, the women's athletes. He had girlfriends on every team. Every team. I was like, damn. And they knew about each other. And some of these girlfriends had boyfriends at home some of these girlfriends have boyfriends at home like they were like they would be like this they were like oh i i have a boyfriend and then you find out that the linebacker smashed the girl you looking like and then the dude would come visit his girlfriend and come to here come to her games he come from out of town come in and you're looking like <laughs> you're like oh my lord you're looking at this like this poor dude he do not even know. This dude do not know. Your girl out here with the top dude on campus. That's why they call him big man on campus. Big man on campus got away with everything. I saw this one. I was at this one school. This dude was, and it was a small school. He was smashing everything. I was like, damn, son. I was like, go get it, man. Hey, I used to see him in the hallway, dap him up. He had a couple of my players. He had a couple of tennis. He was all everywhere, bro. Volleyball. I was like, you, do, hey, do your thing, bro. He was one of the dudes that literally could be like, um, I get sex for free. <laughs> I never knew. I don't know if he ever had kids with any of these women. I'm sure he got caught up. He, that dude was walking, smashing everything. Shout out to Everett Walker says, the ticket sales don't work the same, CGA. Hashtag free agent lifestyle. How you not going to sell tickets, but you want money? Like, tell me. Anthony B says, he's, <laughs> I'll get back to you. Uh, Let's see here. We got the PayPal. Call me yo, says uh, Yoi with an H just testing this out. Hashtag 304. Or ho, is that what you meant? <laughs> uh, Deadly Edley, what did you say? Uh, he said, Deadly Edley, stop bringing identity politics or political. Coach ain't racist. He chocolatey skin, and he can't be racist. Just like women can't be abusive, apparently, according to an actress. Actress, She came out and said, Amber Heard could not be abusive to uh, Johnny Depp. She didn't have the power dynamic. Oh, boy. Now, if you believe that, 
I don't know what to tell you. KT King doubled up. What did you say? No hidden and quitted today. He says, will you do a vlog where uh, when WrestleMania is here in L.A. next year at SoFi, they will do all their TV shows for the week of April 2nd. It's similar to NBA All-Star Weekend. I'll try to see if I can do that. Go down to WrestleMania. Maybe you have some tickets and some inside info. The MCU. MCU? Oh, M. MCU is in oh MCU. I see it. Oh, he says it's in full effect. Watch the new trailer for the She Hulk Disney Plus streaming service series. The trailer came out yesterday. The show debuts in August. I believe she's a female Hulk attorney at law. Is she a divorce attorney? So the new Hulk, She Hulk, is a divorce attorney. Am I getting that straight? I might have that wrong. And then uh, we got everybody on that one. Oh, I'll tell you my my story just because you stayed here. All right. I have a player that is, um, by, for all intents and purposes, she would be what you would say would be the stereotypical ideal per, Skittles person, <laughs> right? You would see her and there would be no doubt in your mind. You'd be like, okay, yeah. The way she carried herself, she walked back then. Baggy clothes were in, and so she would wear really baggy pants and really baggy t- white T-shirts, baseball caps turned backwards, you know. And, um, you know, uh, she you couldn't see her uh, her shape. You wouldn't be able to see her shape, but she was probably developed well, but you wouldn't be able to tell because she wore two or three sports bras to kind of tamp it down. So she was kind of like a, one of the homeboys. She was one of the homeboys, right? She kind of walked like that and was, you know, she was cool. Um, anyway, one day, um, she gets into I, I get a message on my answer machine. I come into the office, I get a message in the answer machine. There's been a situation long drawn out, some woman I don't know. She's talking about this player that I had beat up another girl. So she beat up another girl at a party. My my players tended to party at the school. This is why we weren't that good. So they partied hard. Well, it was like some, I had stories on that. But anyway, there's an event. This player supposedly beat up another player. I mean, not a player, beat up another girl on the campus. So I wait till it's early enough to call the player, right? So I'm early in the morning. I had to wait till like 10 o'clock by the time they wake up. Hey, I get this phone call. Everything all right? What's going on? I heard that, that, that there was a fight. Did you beat somebody up? You know, I don't want to accuse her, but I hear details. I don't want to accuse my player. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she was like, hey. She's like, coach, man, don't worry about it. Um, I'm going to come in with the girl. I'm going to come in with the girl, and she's going to tell you exactly what happened. Now, one thing you know about these couples is their domestic violence is off the charts, right? They, their statistically domestic violation is off the charts. Like it beats any other form of relationship Two women. They go brutal on each other. You know what I mean? Like you can't even stabbing, beating up physical, emotional, verbal. Like there's no, (laughs) there's no limit to their abuse because it's hard to interfere. It's hard to distinguish what type of relationship do they have. Are you roommates? What are you, lovers? Like, And most people don't know how to deal with it when, when there's two female lovers. When there's two male lovers, you can figure it out, right? 
But with two female lovers, you can't really figure out what's going on. So anyway, but by this time, I'm pretty much steeped in the culture. I know what's going on. So I call her up. I'm comfortable. Hey, um, is this a girl you're dating? What's going on? So she's like, don't worry about it, coach. I'm going to bring the girl there and she's going to tell you nothing happened. So I'm like, okay, come, come to the office. Um, I think we must've had an off day or something. She comes in a little bit later. She walking in cool as hell and behind her. So mind you, this girl is a black girl and she wouldn't be anyone you would date. Not even on a slow Tuesday. Like she's tough. Like she came from a tough background. She's tough. Like you don't even want to fight this one. She's that angry. I would see her get mad in practice. And I was like, this girl is dangerous. Like she came from the streets, like the hood streets. I was like, she can mop, but she was smart too. It was weird. She was smart, but she was like, came from the streets. Right. Anyway. So anyway, she walks in with a flat backed it blonde Kaylee. A strawberry blonde Kaylee. Flat backed it. Like she would have been one of the top girls on the campus. And I'm sitting there like. And she had the girl came in with her tank top on. You wouldn't even know. This is what she walked in with right here. So she walks in with her and they sit down in a chair and I'm looking like I'd never seen the girl before on the campus. I've never seen them together, but apparently they were an item, but I've seen the other girl with other girls. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking like, bruh, this was the girl you was working. And this was the girl she was in a relationship with at the time long enough. So they tell me the story and the, the Kaylee's going off. Hey, look, coach, i never seen her before. She's sitting in my office. Coach, don't worry about it. It was a big misunderstanding. It was this and that. She was setting it straight. It was a misunderstanding. Everybody didn't know. But from what I heard, my player drug her ass. Like, it was brutal from what I heard. But that was all I heard. But I'm sitting there with my player. My player was like, I didn't do it. Kaylee was going. Nothing happened. And I'm going, Okay. I mean, what am I supposed to do with this information? I don't think, I think the police might've been called, but um, I didn't get a police report or anything like that. The police didn't contact me. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and she said, and I was like, all right, you can go now. And Kayla was like, thank you, coach. I wish she was like, can I serve you up next? I would have been like, come on. But um, they left. Man, them faculty people was on my ass. And I'm going to tell you what faculty people was on me. Because there's a group of faculty members. This is what you guys got to know about colleges. And this is what you got to talk about when you send your kid to school. If you want to be concerned about this, this is the ins and outs because I've worked on college campuses for 15 years. This is what happens. There's a group of professors that are partial to the female athletes, meaning they are their same orientation. Right? And they they are feminist like they are like they're the they're the they're the staunch feminists that you worry about that you see on it the, they are 
they don't like dudes. And so I'm a male coach coaching women's basketball, right? Which is, it's, it's common. But they had it out for me. They did not like me. They didn't like what I was doing with the program. They did not like me. They didn't support. They supported me for like two games when I was at the school. <laughs> the rest of the time, they was giving me problems. And you know what they would do? When I would bring in new recruits, they would pounce on them, them female faculty members. They would go get them. They would go get them, and they would counsel them, and they would invite them over to their houses and all that shit. They would completely interfere with my program. And so they get those players in, and the one or few, they get them on their good graces, and they get them to enroll in their classes, and they get them to come over for dinners and all that stuff and host them and host. They would literally, like, they would undermine me. They were a problem in my program. They would undermine me. So what happened was this. So since the girl, since it was a two-women thing, <laughs> he said, ninja, ninja, ninja. And they were strict. You know what they did was – uh. I didn't punish the player that allegedly beat up the Kaylee. And they were like, they was at a faculty meeting calling my name out. Uh, Coach, Coach Greg Adams. I was Coach Greg Adams back then. Coach Greg Adams is not punishing the players. He's not taking same-sex relationship seriously. He should have suspended the player. I was like, <laughs> I was like this here. They was asking me to get fired. They was asking me for my head on a platter because I didn't suspend her. Because what happened was I, I heard about it. We played her the next game. They wanted me to suspend her. They must have had it out for her. And I'm sitting there like, bro, I, I followed up on the situation. They said nothing happened. There's no police report. That She brought the girl in. She brought the victim in. The victim gave a statement to me saying nothing happened. What the hell am I supposed to do? But in their world, because they're this is that drama that they surround themselves with, this is a big deal. This was like, oh my God, this was the story of the century. You know what I mean? This was like, 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 say for instance, this was like a male football player beating up a girl on the campus. In their world, that was equivalent to that. And I did nothing. Like it was like Lawrence Phillip at Nebraska kicks a girl and then he the coach plays him. That's basically what happened to me. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know nothing about the deal. Like, I'm not in the mix here. The girl said nothing happened. What am I supposed to do with the situation? So they was on my neck with that. But the odd thing is, what I was telling you about was that you guys don't think, <laughs> you guys don't think that some of these girls can't get your girl. She walked in with one of the finest girls on campus. I was like, she. I was like, wow, a girl that you wouldn't even think would even talk to this woman. And she had her. With that being said, that's your lesson. And I've always said this. Some of the girls in college have had better girls than you guys could even dream about. And I've seen it. I've seen it in person. I've seen it live in a living color. All right. Some of you college dudes can't even compete with some of the girls that, 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 that live that lifestyle. They, they clean up. And then <laughs> it is what it is. That's another part of the spectrum that we don't talk about. But anyway, anyway, I thought we had fun. I know some people might be mad at this stream, um, but I just told truths about it um, based on my experience, too. I got I got experience on this side, so I know what it's about. I know what it's about in here. Somebody says girls have way more game coach when it comes to girls. They do. Yeah, you ain't got because they already know how it works. And I know other women who are bi as well. They're bi. 
and they have problems with women like this because they know they know how it is as a man because they have to use the same thing to get women and they'd be like man women are crazy like if they're bisexual they'd be like women are weird <laughs> all right they'd be like i'd rather deal with men but they want women they're like you guys but they're women they know how to work women but then they, they still have problems it's so crazy but dude the world is crazy <laughs> This is why it is what it is. Anyway, man, I hope we have fun today. Shout out to the coach gang, man. We're going to be out of here. Enjoy your day. What's going on? Oh, wait. Before we go, I got to make sure I got all the cash apps. I, I always do that. I sign off and I have cash apps. All right. This is extra time. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, yeah. We good to go, man. Shout out to you guys. Peace. <laughs>